Ayo, hey, welcome into the CHGO White Sox post game show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I am Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox postgame show. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. We are here to recap the White Sox losing a three-game series in Houston, and they lost tonight 4-3. to three. They fall to 31-33 and 33 on the year. Houston improves to 41 and 25. The White Sox are five games back in the AL Central. The Cleveland Guardians are 8 and 2 in their last 10. They are one game back of the Minnesota Twins. Twins are 38 and 30. Guardians are 34 and 28. Herb, this wasn't too shocking. Uh, the fact that, you know, the White Sox lose this series. Uh, you know, it was a tight game. I think you said 4 to 2. I said 4 to 2, just following you. So 4 to 3 shouldn't be too shocking. Was this what you expected? Kind of. I mean, Michael Kopech didn't pitch poorly. Um, I think if you're looking at the three games of the series, Friday was not normal for the White Sox. Saturday was not normal for the Astros. And then today, it felt just right. It felt like, okay, Houston is a slightly, or even some people think a far superior team to the White Sox, got out to a lead and... Even though the White Sox weren't on the same class, they did not give up. Scoring those two runs in the eighth gave you some hope. Getting a leadoff hitter out on in the ninth gave me a little hope, and then I realized who else was behind that leadoff hitter. <laughs> Josh Harrison with a great walk, which should have been a strikeout. There's a couple of those things today with the umpire, mm-hmm. but it felt just right. Houston's a better team, and it's no shame in losing to a better team. I didn't feel any fire, any anger necessarily towards the team messing up um, as a whole, Tony messing up things as a whole. There was individual things I didn't like, you know, the bunt attempt in the ninth inning. But otherwise, you know, if a loss could be fine, this is it. Yeah, I mean, really the only people I can get frustrated with in this game are Josh Harrison and that's been uh, really season long and then Adam Hazley who had some bad at bats but outside of that I think the team played all right Kopech didn't look great and we'll talk about him today but we were surprised that he was even going to pitch on Sunday and you look at his line and you look at the way he pitched I don't think he was that much better than Javier uh, who was on the bump for the Astros so uh, you know overall I think the White Sox definitely could have won this game I think this could have probably been tossed in the uh, you know the the 42 uh, section of uh, win 60 lose 60 uh, and then there's the other 42 that happened I feel like this could have been up in the air Uh, the White Sox had a lot of chances Uh, Josh Harrison I think had two different opportunities with two different runners on uh, to drive in some runs and the White Sox were unable to do so but I mean still you love the fight that they showed in the eighth inning uh, making this 4-1 game a 3-4 game and uh, you know again Friday was their worst game just like Jesus said uh, you know they played a good series besides the first game you know 13 to 3 in that blowout on Friday Um, even then before that one inning that blow up inning uh, that White Sox game was close so uh, you know not a great result from the White Sox in Houston, but we'll take it, I guess. Hey, a road trip that ends at 4-2. and two. If you would have been told this before they uh, landed in Detroit, you would have took, taken it, no matter how it uh, shook out. You get the three in Detroit, you get the one in Houston, and that's all I wanted. One game in Houston, they got that on Saturday in convincing fashion. And by the way, Tom, that is a Phillies hat that my man Sean is rocking today. Old school Michael Jack Schmidt Phillies type hat. It's uh, a 47 brand hat, which, uh, you know, is on brand for me. And uh, it's got like a fuzzy Phillies one on. I think it's the McLean collection or something like that. So uh, it's got a little fuzzy P on it. And, uh, you know, I like the color. I thought it went well with the shirt. You know, that's that's all I'll say. All right, guys, Stefan Bardo uh, dropping a $5 super chat. Not mad. On this load, road trip, didn't lose ground. What are the moves going to be tomorrow? Uh, hey, you're, you're, you're jumping the shift, Stefan, but I think since you're, you're throwing in the Super Chat, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it now. So uh, Matt Foster was placed on bereavement 
uh, list before the game, uh, which means that Adam Hazley was called up. So those are the moves that were made today, and it would have been a lot easier if they just left Foster on the bereavement list, uh, just had Adam Ingle play, uh, because there would have been 14 pitchers on the White Sox roster after this game, and tomorrow, all throughout the MLB, uh, all throughout MLB, there will be now a mandate where you have to have 13 pitchers and 13 hitters on the roster, uh, which meant, you know, the White Sox going into or before this game had 14. Uh, Foster for Hazley made it 13-13. Uh, so, you know, Stefan's asking a fair question. Tim Anderson will be in the lineup tomorrow, according to Tony LaRussa. He will be with the team, so a move will have to be made. We talked about Davis Martin possibly getting sent down, uh, Jimmy Lambert possibly getting sent down, but it feels like it will probably have to be a position player. Uh Hazley didn't look that good. I think that that's probably the move right there. You just send Hazley back down and call up TA. That would be my move, but you still have to, don't you still? No, you, but dude's going to come back off the bereavement list in like three or four days. So Matt Foster, yeah. Matt Foster, you have to make a move then. I think you just make it easier by just sending down a person like Jimmy Lambert, who pitched today, won't probably be available for tomorrow or the next day. So Jimmy Lambert gets in down or Davis Martin, that would be my move since you're bringing Tim up. But I want to speak on, and I know we're going to get into this a little bit more later, in the pregame, I told you, like, them doing the same thing throughout the season where they're having players not on the IL but on the bench but not being able to play. Mm -hmm. So we've had that with Aaron Bummer where he was a couple days just sitting out there not hurt yet. But then two or three days after that, he's on the I.L. Yeah, same think, thing with Liam. Same thing with Tim. Or same thing with Luis. Same thing with um, Mankata Andrew Vaughn. Mancada's hurt right now. And also, Lurie's not available. You saw it happen in the ninth inning. We were all wondering. It's like, Josh Harrison's not fast, guys. He's got average to below average speed now. That would have been a perfect time. Either pinch run uh, Adam Engel. So uh, for Josh Harrison, because he's a base stealing threat, or have him bat for Adam Hazley, who's had a terrible game up to that point. We didn't see him the whole game. This is the problem, because they only had 10 position players available to play the game, because you had no Mancata, no Larry Garcia. You're shortening your own bench. Why not put those guys in the I.L. for position players that are available to play on this game, and you have 13 available dudes to play, or 12 available dudes to play, instead of the 10 and only one guy off the bench, which would have been Adam Engel. Well, and there's uh, Sebi as and well. And Sebi, but so, no one's playing him. Well, right, but that's the thing, is that, you know, someone's, I think someone in the chat already said, you know, I would have pinched hit Hazley's uh, at bat there, where you see him bunting and trying to move guys, or uh, Harrison over. Um who are you going to pinch hit him for? I mean, you know, Adam Ingles, I think, below 200 batting average-wise, and Sebi hit a homer uh, in Detroit. But, but at least if you're overall, wanting to he's bunt, struggling. I think Adam Ingles can bunt much more than Adam Hazley. Well, he's faster, too, so yeah. he might have a chance to get on. I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, Chi-Town fanboy saying, playing short all season, and none of media guys ask Han why they keep doing this. I, I think it has to just be be the the difficulties of a 162 game schedule or that would be the answer that you'd get I think they just don't want to be too overreactive and you know going along the lines this is what Tony LaRusso said on Yohan Moncada he's getting better we figured if we get by yesterday and today by the time we get home tomorrow give him a good exam I uh, don't want to put him away for 10 days if it's going to heal sooner so you know they're just trying to get by uh, in Tony LaRusso's words and they went one and one which I guess is getting by uh, Jake Berger really didn't stand out at third base. I wouldn't say third base did killed make him. An error, though. He did make an error. Uh, so yeah, a tough one. it was a, it was a tough play. I don't really. I was. I mean, Stephen was even surprised that they even called that one an error. It just seemed like a misplay on that. But it was a good play by Pollock to get the ball in. But uh, you know, and I, I said too, you know, Moncada's there. That play's probably made. Mm -hmm. But I don't even know if necessarily Bregman's out at third base uh, on that play. Uh, going back to the first inning, uh, Michael Kopech got into a jam. Uh, Altuve singled to shallow left. Uh, Brantley struck out. Then Bregman singled to center. Then Kyle Tucker was up. He singled out into center field. Uh, Pollock picked it up. Bregman was aggressive going to third base, threw it in. The throw was on time, and then Jake Berger, the ball got away from him. They called that an error. I mean, I, I don't know if it's, it's as bad as his other ones, like misplaying ground balls. Yeah, it's a tough one. You have a guy sliding into you, so you have to both catch the ball and then tag Bregman going head first. And KPW already talking smack because his Toronto Blue Jays are coming into Chicago tomorrow. He said the moves tomorrow will be getting swept. 
<laughs> yes, we will be getting getting a broom out for the Toronto Blue Jays. We pay them back. You come across the border, we're going to pay you guys back with a three-game sweep of your your beloved Blue Jays, KPW. God, I hope. I mean, I don't even know who's pitching tomorrow yet for the uh, the, the Blue Jays. It doesn't I matter. I mean, as long as oh, it does that, matter. that Alec Manoa. Otherwise, we, we, we did pretty well against uh, uh, Kevin Gausman. Yeah, so I'm fine with that. It's going to be Jose Barrios, old Delicious. friend, mm, versus right Lance Lynn. Dylan Cease versus Kevin Galsman. Let's see. And Lucas Giolito versus Ross Stripling. <laughs> KBW. We're, hey, we, we we're get, bringing the brooms on Wednesday uh, to the tailgate. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, uh, we are. I, I, hey, if they win the first Timmy's two, I'll bring too. them. Timmy's back, Timmy's too. back. Barrios. Um, yeah. I remember the last time he pitched that guaranteed rate. What happened? So does Gavin, Gavin uh, Sheets, too. <laughs> that was a bomb. Uh, and seven inning games, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Missed that. Uh, Tom Jankowski said uh, the Central all lost today. Uh, I think he did lose or uh, miss, miss out that the uh, Guardians won. Uh, Guardians 8-2 uh, and two in their last 10. Again, they're Guardians. one game back now of the Twins. So it, it does show you that if you do consistently win baseball games, you can catch the Minnesota Twins, Herb. Yeah, because the Twins are no good. And the Guardians, one thing they do have is a – all-star MVP, third baseman, and an all-star pitcher. And with that, you can do some damage. I mean, you're getting the, the offense from Fran Mill or the former Padres out there. You saw what Josh Naylor did against us. So, yeah, they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. But also, the Cleveland Guardians are not anything to be reckoned with. They're, they're not that great. They've, they have great players, and they play at a high level, and they have a great manager, but the White Sox should be able to – Pull away from all these teams that they play correctly. Yeah, and going to the the idea for their record by August, it's going to be difficult to even guess what their record's going to be by the All-Star break uh, just because they have so many games against the AL Central uh, starting on July 4th, three games against Minnesota, uh, four games against Detroit, four games against Cleveland, four games against Minnesota. Um, they should be able to take advantage, and they should be able to beat those teams down. They're better than those teams, but uh, this White Sox team has been so disappointing this year so far, 31-33. Uh, they've, they've just been kind of riding along that 500 line. Uh, you win a game, and then you lose two. You win three, and and then you will lose two. Uh, it's it's just been uh, difficult. Uh, Mark, Mister Aguire or Aguire, uh, saying Sox still might lose division and not make the playoffs. I'm not feeling that strong about that. I no. mean, they still have so many games against the AL Central that I'm not too concerned. A lot, yeah, a lot. And then there's still the wild card possibility. I think you said that four there games are, out of the last wild card spot. It's better, and with the team in front of them in Boston. It's better for them to just win the AL Central. It is. For multiple reasons. But the main one is being the host of your series. Well, I think if you're the third series, the third team, do you play the second team? It's newfangled up playoffs is making me weird. I have no idea. I think- but I know you get a very big disadvantage if you are one of the wild card teams. Well, yeah, and then don't doesn't the the teams get to pick their matchups as well? Yeah, um, I thought so. So and right, but right now Cleveland's in the second wild card spot. So, I mean, if Cleveland can do it, you can do it. I mean, Cleveland's not that good. Um, and Mailman Jack says, four and two road trip, we'll take it. Let's Damn talk right. about let's how they doing that. Uh, lost the other one. <laughs> they lost one of those tonight. Uh, let's go into Michael Kopech's start. Uh, he was good for the most part. Uh, you know, Steve Stone had some thoughts about his fastball, and it was, uh, you know, below average today for Kopech. Let's look at his pitch mix and see. Oh, well, let's look at the starting line first. Let's start there. Uh, five innings pitch for Michael Kopech. Four earned runs allowed. Seven hits given up one walk striking out four uh, we did have the Michael Kopech strikeout line at four and a half I said to go over on that one uh, just missed it on that but he gives you five innings Christian Javier on the other side five innings pitched one earned run allowed two hits uh, given up four walks uh, and that is four white walks against the White Sox uh, which was surprising uh, and five K's for Javier but Kopech you ask for six innings less than three earned runs. He gives you one inning less and one earned run more. How you grading him? Probably a C. If I'm grading on a curve because of that 24 pitch, I think, first inning and him coming back to complete all the rest of them, I think he finished with 75 pitches total in the game. I Right before that home run he gave up, it was two to one. I was like, man, this is a pretty decent game by Michael Kopech. It's, it's doing well for himself. The two home runs got hit off of them. They are in that ballpark, so you have to protect from that. Pitch to the bigger part of the ballpark, center field. You saw, uh, I think it was uh, Bregman or uh, Kyle Tucker who hit one like 408. 
but it didn't go out. You right. pitched to that part of the ballpark. If you know that the Crawford boxes are a bullshit cheap home run, don't pitch to that side. And um, those two home runs, they count. But in other parks, they most most likely would not gone on. I think four for the uh, for the. Uh, Manashevitz. The Dubon one, I think, was four out of thirty oh, parts. I his name. But the uh, JJ. Uh, oh, now I'm now 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 I just want to call him Manashevitz. Man, oh, uh, <laughs> oh man, I, and I was pronouncing this too during the damn game. Uh, Manashevik. Manashevik. I'm not far. You're not too far. Manashevitz. The Manashevik home run was the only been home run in that ballpark, and I believe Boston, and that's yeah. about it. So for the most part, he pitched all right. I expect him to be top of the rotation type pitcher. So this is a C for me. You need to get to the sixth inning as your starting pitcher. So you're always going to get graded down for me if you don't get there. He could have got there if he's a regular uh, pitcher that Tony trusts and he just didn't have the knee problem. He only had 75 pitches. A regular starting pitcher goes back out there for the sixth, even though you gave up four on runs. You go back out there for the well, six. But the, the the situation was different from Michael, but you didn't get it done. And I liked how he was more looking for contact today. Wasn't looking for the strikeout pitch. Understanding what Johnny Cueto did to the same Astros the day before. Okay, cool. I don't need to go deep in counts. Let them get themselves out. Let my people behind me get people out. And that's what he was doing for the most part in those five innings that he pitched. Would like them to go deeper. Hopefully his next start versus Baltimore Orioles will be that. I think it's a good sign that his uh, slider and curveball were as good as it were, uh, was today. Uh, it really didn't feel like he had uh, a good feel on his fastball, uh, and he was still able to make work with his slider and curveball, but the fastball just wasn't the same pitch as it usually is. Uh, it was down about a mile and a half velocity-wise. Not sure if that has to deal with the knee. Not sure if that just has to do with uh, you know, you know, a little bit of recovery. He seemed all right, though. It didn't seem like he he was laboring uh, too much. Uh, you know, it, it's part of the game. And, and, you know, you look at the way his stuff was effective. Uh, we can go to the spin and we can go to the break. Um, he was just throwing stuff a little bit worse, you know, a little bit slower today. One and a half down on the fastball, 1.3 down on the slider, 1.2 miles per hour down on his curveball. And you just see less break, uh, more vertical break because gravity has more time to bring it down on the slider and curveball. He got two more uh, inches of vertical break on a slider and curveball, but just less horizontal break uh, on his uh, slider and curveball, three less inches on his slider and two less inches on his curveball. So it just wasn't this great performance from Kopech, but yeah. You know, if the White Sox have a better day offensively, this still should have been good enough for them to win. Do you think that, as Mr. Aguirre asked, that his knee was in his head because you just popped the cyst in your knee the start before you leave the game? And I saw, like, one of the first couple pitches he threw, he checks the footing on his uh, land foot, and he was kind of unsure. Do you think that could have been led to less uh, velocity on the fastball, less spin on the curve and slider? I'm not sure, and this is from Han, Rick Han, about when they drain the fluid. I don't know if it was in his head. I, I feel like that's just so difficult to read through a TV screen. It didn't seem like that was an issue for him. It just seemed like maybe he didn't have that same drive and power uh, from his leg. But Han said on draining fluid from Kopech's knee, there was something pinched such as a pre-existing cyst in the area that got angry and created some fluid. You're able to get that fluid out of there, treat that area, and move on with your day-to-day is essentially the best day case scenario. Uh, but no structural damage, nothing in there that he hasn't pitched with throughout his career, and therefore seemingly no long-term concern. So I think it's just him learning how to pitch with it or learning how to pitch with that pain. So I don't know if it was in his head because that kind of says, you know, he, he's mentally weak. And I think he was probably frustrated with the fact that his body just wasn't up to, to par. I think that that just shows you that his legs weren't helping him drive the ball as normally as powerful as, as, as he was. And, and the stuff was a little bit weaker today just in location and, and spotting where it was. I think that he was a little bit held back by that knee, but I don't know if it was truly in his he- head. I mean, he's dealing with inflammation uh, in, in his knee, so it was probably frustrating. And you're right, too. Uh, the point that you bring about 
pitching up to the ballpark. Uh, AJ Pollock had a deep drive to right center, didn't get out. Uh, Michael Brantley had one that fell right at the uh, warning track and got over for a ground rule double. You brought up Tucker and Roberts bombs uh, that that brought up. Let's go to where uh, Kopech threw the balls in play, especially the home runs, uh, and you'll see, you know, he's pitching inside and outside to a right-handed pitcher or hitter and a left-handed pitcher. Uh, Manischewitz uh, or Manis, boom, Manis, <laughs> damn it, <laughs> Manischewitz. Uh, he had the uh, one ball on the outside as a lefty and took that to the Crawford boxes. And then inside to Dubon, Dubon turned on that ball. And those are the two red dots right there. Um, you know, he's pitching to that side of the ballpark. He's pitching to, you know, especially a left-handed pitcher late on that. It's going to tail towards the Crawford boxes. And Dubon absolutely was early on that one, came around, beautifully placed hit, and uh, just drilled the hell out of that one. Um, but you're right, just pitching in the wrong part of the park. Yeah, and that comes with uh, him learning that the Crawford boxes are not that far away from the plate. So the Manashevic home run, it's a two home runs, two uh, home runs in Major League 30 ballparks. So you could say, hey, I should have pitched better in this ballpark, but it counts and puts a tally up on the board. Same thing with Dubon. And it looked, Dubon looked actual like a hit, like a ball oh, yeah, that yeah. would have been – Pretty well struck in any ballpark. Only gone out in four, but still, it was a hard hit ball. I think it hit over 100 miles per hour. Yeah. yeah, so it was a hard hit ball. He only gave up four for the day. And the Manischewitz one was a 95 mile per hour, so it was hit pretty hard. And that kid luckily caught it and no, I don't got want, the jersey. We'll talk about that damn kid. Uh, Dave Barista in the uh, in the chat saying happy Father's Day to everyone. Uh, happy Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth. I uh, forgot to say those off the bat because we already did the pregame show where I did that. And I was like, oh, everybody knows. I've already wished them a happy Father's and Day in Juneteenth. But, uh, none of us are fathers, right? Directly? That we no. know of? Steven, you a Steven's father? not a father. Definitely not, no. Okay. okay, so you're not a father. I mean, I got called a father you twice today. I was, I was walking the dog, and they're like, Happy Father's Day. There you go. And I begrudgingly said thank you. I got a cat, you know. I mean, yeah. but it's it's a pet. I'm not a father. Me either. You know, <laughs> that, that, that cat costs 50 bucks at the pound, and he doesn't cry, and he, he won't cost like a don't Don't kids cost literally like a million dollars? All the time. Yeah, I'm all And right. you got to do things with them and such. That's why I'm not a father. See, the best way to not support your kids is to put it into a gambling account. The best way to support CHGO <laughs> is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free uh, bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. PointsBet's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. See an in-game edge in the game you're watching. Is your favorite team prime for a comeback like the White Sox in the eighth inning, down 4-3? to three? Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. There's more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash-outs with PointsBet. See why consumers say PointsBet has the fastest with their live bets, and follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all throughout the game. You can download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner has a product I use literally every day. Herb uses it literally every day. Mm-hmm. I started taking a ones because I started this job about three months ago and I wanted a morning routine. I get up at 930. I have my athletic greens and I start off with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens flowing, rushing through my body, helping me improve my gut health my nervous system, my immune system, my energy, my ability to recover, my ability to focus all of the important things I need to have a successful day. AG1 helps me start off right. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And Athletic Greens has 7,000 and 
two five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your heart, your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your free purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com chgosox. Again, that is athleticgreens.com chgosox to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Again, athleticgreens.com chgosox. Uh, David Snyder saying, don't let a few games fool you. It's still the same doddering old man in that dugout. Sox run differential is in the negative until they get on that plus side. We're not going to be good. Well, David, for them to get from negative to positive, they have to score runs and play those games. So, uh, yeah, of course, when they're not on that plus side, we can't really talk about them, uh, you know, winning postseason games or winning the World Series. But they are still, with that negative 39 run differential, five games back out of their AL Central uh, you know, lead uh, away from the Minnesota Twins. And they have so many games coming up against the, the, the Cleveland uh, Guardians and the Minnesota Twins. So they could still possibly take over the lead in the division with a negative run differential. So, and they still have like 11 games with that bad Detroit team. Even though they scored a couple of runs and Riley Green came up and, oof, friends, that man is decent. Well, they took their run differential from minus 56 to minus 39 just by playing the Detroit Tigers three times. They got four games against the Tigers on the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th. Yeah, so there's plenty of games left. And, yes, I get your point, David, and I'm not too far away from you, but I think this team is playing better brand of baseball since the Friday game. And I know you're like, it's only versus Detroit. Like I said, they have a lot of games versus Detroit. So we're going to see a lot more of that happening in the second half or this uh, last uh, 100 games that we have left over, or 98 games now. Yeah, and surprisingly, too, like, I mean, this wasn't like a bad White Sox loss. It was just kind of a close one. And, you know, when your team has five walks and six hits, like, you know, they got 11 runners on base. You just got to drive in those guys. They were 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. Harrison was 0 for 2. Berger was 0 for 1. Hazley was 0 for 1. Abreu was 0 for 1. Eight runners left on base. I mean, you got to score those guys. And, 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 you know, the approach at least was better than what we've seen in the past. And I don't get on too much the person who's coming up with runners in scoring position with two outs. I get on the person with one out. And today we saw Josh Harrison just a piss poor at bat. Like, he swung at a ball that was at his head. Like, you, even if he hits it solidly, it's going up. That's all that's going to happen. It's going to go up like it did pretty much to let an infielder pick up that ball so the runner from third cannot score. It was not a well-executed play right there. And Josh Harrison, I know you guys have been asking for him to be DFA'd, and it's not happening tomorrow. They don't need to bring anybody up off the 40-man roster. When they need to, that's when Josh Harrison will be DFA'd. Unless, Until unless that he, day, I mean, it if won't he happen. continues to perform poorly, I mean, I think unless they're win. gonna, uh, they have to put somebody on the forty man. They're just gonna, not gonna just, like DFA him for nothing. You know what I mean? Like they're not gonna like DFA him and then have an open spot just there and have thirty nine guys. They're gonna have to say, okay, the Sosa or the Sosa's doing so well down there at Double A, or uh, we're gonna put up uh, Sanchez from Triple A and bring them up, but. I don't know if Sanchez is on the 40-man. I know mm. Sosa's not, so they're not going to DFA him. I know your hopes and dreams are to DFA him, but it's not happening. Mm, and you saw today. Sanchez. He's pretty good at defensively. Yeah, he Sanchez pl- is not on the 40. He did a lot of great things defensively today, so that's what plays for them because they have to see the same at-bats we're seeing and know that lately he's been doing much better as a hitter, but – that can't continue. This can't continue how he's been approaching plate appearances. The walk in the ninth inning, nice. It should have been a strikeout. It's good to get on the base, especially when you're down run one run. But that's where you lose me because Tony should have pinch hit him because they still think he's Josh Harrison of Pittsburgh. He's not fast, guys. Yeah, uh, Ax- not at all. Axminster Six says, is there any urgency to make things look better with 28 games till the All-Star break? I feel like the Twins and Guardians will have to make some decisions to make uh, that they weren't anticipating. I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about this. And, you know, Tim Anderson coming back tomorrow. Obviously, a roster move will need to be made. Uh, 
we talked about this on Thursday, Vinny and I, you know, the idea of what to do with Danny Mendick, especially since he's been red hot uh, with the bat recently. Josh Harrison, since been so bad, uh, you're gaining an all-star in Tim Anderson. Uh, wh- what should be the move here? Because we talked about it a little bit here, but, you know, Josh Harrison hasn't been great. They obviously still think there's something there, whether it be the national start that he had last year or the the all-star performance that he had in Pittsburgh. They're still thinking that there's something in that. And and one of the commenters said that, I understand he's a good clubhouse uh, guy, but yeah. he's not really performing. Um, I mean, how long is the rope for Harrison in your mind? I said probably until the end of July. I think he's staying the rest of the year because they think that they're going to get – the opposite of what they've gotten at the uh, plate so far from Josh Harrison. They've already DFA'd Dallas. You know, that's a lot of money to eat. And while Josh Harrison's, what, is $5 million, so it's now it's prorated, so it's, what, $3, 4000000 million, nothing to sneeze about. But, you know, Jerry's like, I just did 18 almost $18 million for Dallas. You think I'm going to do another for this guy to go somewhere else and – play good defense, and somebody will pick up Josh Harrison because he does have that, and he did have a decent season last year, so he will be picked up by somebody. I think he stays. As far as tomorrow, the starting lineup's going to be kind of – Danny Mendick deserves some shots at second base to play majority of those games before Lurie and Josh Harrison. Now, they love the veterans. They love the guys who are proven in Lurie and Josh so I can see them playing them a little bit more and then having Danny Mendick, who has options, going back down to Charlotte if need be eventually. But I would play Danny Mendick to the wheels fall off because he's been really good no matter if you've had it at the top or the bottom, like better than you expected. You've held ground when Tim Anderson's gone. You haven't you know, got the same production, but Danny Mendick's done Really well. Yeah, I mean, the hope would probably be that Mancata doesn't have to go to the IL. Uh, if he does have to go to the IL, then maybe that's a, an easy thing that they just put Mancata on the IL for 10 days and then buy out, you know, more time for Harrison, Leury, Mendick, and, and while Tim Anderson's coming back, and, and they could put Leury and Harrison at third base while Mendick plays at second. Um, but it's it's I think the easiest thing would just be sending down Hazley at this point because he has options and then seeing what Mendick can do at second base. And if Moncada can't play third base, well, then give it to, to Harrison and see if he can figure it out. But I, I know that at this point you've got to talk about depth and, and this this team's depth. Um, they, they really can't add a good second baseman, in my mind, at the trade deadline or through free agency just because there's none out there. Um, I don't think they'll have enough to go out and get it. So Harrison at least gives them major league depth in the organization, which is why I think he'll at least get to the end of July um, around the trade deadline-ish. You know, I think August 2nd's the trade deadline. So I think that's where at least you'd probably get a true understanding on whether he'll be on the roster, be on the playoff roster, if he'll be getting a ton of at-bats. But um, I really don't want him coming off the bench as like a pitch hitter. Like I, I really haven't seen anything Defensive to say like this guy it. needs at bats or this that's guy it. needs to be getting innings for the White Sox. Yeah, that's the only thing that he can do. But the, to your point of Hazley, though, if you send him down and you still don't have Moncada and you still don't have Lurie Garcia, it's really short bench, man. Like you got a backup catcher and then you have Adam Engel like they had today, it doesn't bode well. You need more people. If these guys are not healthy by tomorrow, you got to IL at least one of them and bring up a, a healthy body that can actually do something for you in these three games versus the Toronto Blue Jays. Then you get a break on Thursday as an, as an off day. But, you ha- no, Thursday's a, another game you got to play. Sorry, mm-hmm. Baltimore Orioles four-game set on the weekend. So, yeah, they need bodies right now. And if those two guys are not ready for the homestand that's coming up with the seven games – I got to have somebody, got to have a player. This is just too much to put on the rest of the guys and your manager. You got to help him out. He should have made that move in the ninth inning. I know people don't see it as much, but you have to put your best runner on first base when you're down by one run to try to steal a base, not try to do the sacrifice button like you did with Adam Hazley. So you give Tony more weapons. You give the opportunity to win the game, to put your team in a better position to win the game there with more bodies I just hate this two guys are not on the IL but not available today mm-hmm. they're not gonna play for you like that's understandable sometimes you have a, a relief pitcher pitching too much because you have other people to go to but with the shortness of the bench 
especially if they're going to shorten to 13. And you can't just have 11 guys available. Well, and I also don't know what the news on Leary is. Um, it just, just happens side, sometimes. Side discomfort is the only thing that I can see from June 18th. So I don't think it should be too serious for Leary. I would be surprised if he ended up going on the IL. Um, he probably will be in the lineup tomorrow, uh, would be my guess, seeing Mendick and, and Harrison play tonight. So I would probably assume that Leary is going to be all right enough uh, to stay healthy and be on the IL. Um, just because there wasn't even news today, there was at least news or mention of Moncada's injury. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not too concerned uh, about Leary here. And as Edgar says, the only off day we have is June 30th. Next break is the All-Star game. And, and again, a ton of games against the AL Central. You got seven against Minnesota. You got four against Detroit. You got four against Cleveland. I mean, that's that's like your important, most important stretch of the season so far and possibly yet this year. And it could be uh, the most important stretch this year because, you know, what, what that ends up being 16 games right there. You have 16 games to all against the AL Central to improve your record I mean if they go what 11 and 5 there um they're probably around you know eight games above 500 right now the twins are about eight games above 500 I mean like they can make a a, a ton of ground uh, up against you know the AL Central right here and you know Mr. C saying socks are overrated I and, and I saw that he was even like playoff roster again I'm not buying that this is a Great team, World Series wait, contending wait. team, but I still think that they're the best team in the AL Central. You can't both believe they're overrated and not a playoff team. They got to be either or. Like, either they're a playoff team and playing poorly right now. He doesn't think they're a playoff team. He thinks they're, over, he thinks they're overrated and not a playoff team. So, then, then if, they th- if he thinks that this team will not make the playoffs and doesn't think they will, then they're properly rated. We think they're better than they are showing. That's what we're saying. So, yes, they can be overrated because what they're doing is not good so far. But we think they have more inside of them. Mr. C, as, as I'm getting from your comments here, you don't think that they're good at all. And this is how they are. This is the team that they are. You thought that they were hyped up to a level that they weren't the AL Central champions at the beginning of the year. That's how you think that they're overrated. Well, That's what I'm getting from him. I mean, something that I just think, too, I mean, you got to look at this lineup going into Houston. I mean, going coming up in the ninth inning, it was McGuire, uh, McGuire Harrison, Hazley, Mendick. That, that was your, your four batters, right? Or was it? It was Harrison, Harrison Hazley, Hazley, Mendick. And Mendick, yeah. So, I mean, you could just look at tomorrow. That's immediately going to be Harrison, Hazley, Anderson. Um, like, we, we this team is going to be so much better with Tim Anderson. Like, I, 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 the reinforcements, or at least some of them, are coming. We don't know what this team is truly at full strength. I, I can't say that they're bad. They're underperforming right now. We overrated them coming into this season, but I can't say that they're not a playoff team still. I, I need to see those games against the AL Central because I'm not impressed by Minnesota. Cleveland's won six straight series, but also what were they doing before those six games? I think they were around like fourth in the AL Central. I don't think that the White Sox are out of it at all. I mean, it's it's still June 19th. They're 31 and 33. Hell, if they started five games behind Minnesota in September, they still wouldn't be out of it. It'll be tough. But they have a bunch of games versus Minnesota in this in September and October. So yeah, pump the brakes. I get what you're saying, Mr. C. This is very frustrating season. This season is disappointing to this point. Yeah. And I but see people the, ask the, at, the White Sox at their peak, which I think they haven't come close to, are a playoff team at minimum. Tyler saying, bottom line, they didn't improve the positions that were glaring needs Correct. last year's uh, when they bounced by Houston. Uh, no problem. And it's it's true. I mean, second base wasn't an upgrade. They just added Josh Harrison. They didn't improve uh, right field at all. Uh, starting pitching got worse. They just improved the bullpen. Um, so so you're not wrong about that. I think there's another comment up here, Stephen, that I wanted to go to if you want to scroll up. Uh, oh, uh, James Owen saying, do you think they'll trade for a se- uh, Burger for a second baseman? I see a lot of people. Dave Barista saying, Jazz, Frazier, Marte, Drury. Um, the White Sox cannot afford Jazz Chisholm. They nope. cannot afford Cattell Marte. The White Sox will not sell because they are in such a bad division. So there you go. The White Sox trade special is they're broke and they can't afford them that's it 
thank you for coming. Uh, it's going to be like that until August too. Would they like to try to trade somebody for a second baseman? Absolutely. Would it be Jake Berger? I don't think they'd be opposed to it. Would it be Gavin Sheets? I don't think they'd be opposed to it. Uh, I just don't think that anyone will bite. This is the thing. Like, it's up to Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams if they think that they have a realistic shot this year to get into the tournament and do damage. Because the pitching staff, we know it plays. We saw what Michael Kopech did today, and that was a good, great Astros lineup that he held the four runs in the five innings. Not awesome, not good, but we know he has better in him. And we saw what Johnny Cueto, who is the Cy Young, Cy Young. Uh, front runner right now. No, he isn't. Yes, um, sir. No, he isn't. We saw what he can do, and Lucas has been off, but we still haven't seen the best of Lance Lynn. We haven't seen the best of Dylan Cease yet. They have a, a starting rotation that can play in the playoffs. Now, do you sell out? Do you go, and we're reading the stats by Colston Montgomery, do you go and think about, hey, man, this guy won't at minimum help us until 2024. We're in the championship season right now. 2022, do you trade Colson Montgomery for a guy that you think will help you out? I think the fact that Rick Hahn said this is not going to be a one-year thing, that they're trying to keep this window open, if that is the true answer and they are trying to keep this window open as long as possible, I don't think that trading Colson Montgomery would make sense just because he is your best prospect in the worst prospect in the worst farm system in all of baseball. I don't think it would help your farm system at all to trade away Colson Montgomery, especially the fact that, you know, you're saying he's might help you out by 2024, uh, but he was a high school project or prospect last year. So, I mean, he's already extremely young. Um, when he's coming up in 2024, he might be 20, 21 years old. I don't think he's even that young yet. Um, so I, I think it'd be a, a mistake to trade him this early because I don't think this team needs that much help. Uh, he'd be 20, 20, uh, 22 uh, by, by 2024. So I, I don't think that this team has too much pressing pressing needs to get rid of uh, Colson Montgomery. And again, I don't even know what Colson Montgomery could get you because uh, it's not like he was a top 10 pick. Uh, you know, he, but he was around 22nd, I think. I think when they readjust the uh, prospects at, uh, I think at the trade deadline or, or right before that, after the uh, All-Star game, Colson Montgomery being the top 100. I think he'll be in the top 100 soon as well. Um, and Dave's asking, uh, when is the trade deadline? It should be August, uh, August 2nd. 2nd uh, Tuesday. So they moved it back from the, 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 the 31st. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going get, to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. When you get that free shirt of your choice make sure you wear it to our tailgate on june 22nd uh points bet is very very important to us if you have any questions you can email points bet at allchgo.com and we will help you out and in case you missed it online sign up is available in illinois you can download the points bet app right now and register account from start to finish all from your phone you'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and again if you sign up using code chgo making a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership. You'll unlock all of that web content, and you'll get a free shirt. And like we said, wear those CHGO shirts out to our tailgate on June 22nd. If you're looking to go to the White Sox game this week, we are going to have a tailgate in Lot B on June 22nd, starting at 11.30 a.m. If you go to allchgo.com, we have an Eventbrite URL where you can buy tickets. Those tickets will get you a game ticket and access to our tailgate. Um, and if you just have tickets to the game, regardless, you're going to be in lot B at 11.30. Come say bye. Or come say hi. Uh, say we'll, bye, too. You, you can say bye when you're leaving. Uh, come say hi, though. Uh, we're, we're not being too exclusive or inclusive. Uh, if you're around and want to talk White Sox with Herb, with me, with Vinny, with anybody from CHGO or any of our CHGO members, come out to the tailgate on June 22nd. If you have the day off on work on Wednesday, $25 game ticket and tailgate. We will be uh, so excited to have you out at our tailgate on the 22nd. So and again, a guy that we met at Guaranteed Rate, Matthew Cortez. He's in Matthew the house. Matthew Cortez and his, and his uh, cousin uh, from from, uh, from the region. Uh, shout out to uh, the Cortez guys. Um, and, yeah, it was cool meeting Matthew Cortez. So having, you know, about like 30 more of those interactions uh, with you guys out at the awesome. G-Rate will be fun. Uh, and Mr. Acquire saying, honestly, thought the Sox were going to run away with the Central. Again, 
they might be in the lead by the All-Star break still. Like, I, I know that that was, was the expectation, but that's baseball for you, babe. Like, I mean, th- that's just what happens. Uh, you, you lose Tim Anderson, you lose Luis Robert, you lose Aloy Jimenez, you lose Lance Lynn. Uh, it wasn't fun. It's, it wasn't a fun first 60 plus games. Uh, and, and, you know, Rick Hahn can't remain complacent with the roster as it, as is. It's just, he, he got himself into this mess and the White Sox need to get healthy to get him out of this mess uh, is really the only thing that I can tell you. Patience is a virtue and you're going to need a lot of it right now because uh, the White Sox just need to start winning games and they just need to play those games. So you need to take it truly day by day. Um, you know, it, it, by the all-star break, you might be talking about your first place, Chicago White Sox. All right, let's talk about real quick before we get into the Toronto matchup, the Toronto upcoming series. I want to talk about J.J. Matashevich, uh, or Matashevich's home run. Uh, let's go and see the kid first uh, that caught the ball. I got Rylan. Uh, Rylan uh, Freeman. Uh, shout out to the National for their song, Rylan. Uh, Rylan Freeman of Corpus got a signed Justin Verlander jersey for coming up with the J.J. Matashevich home run. Uh, Verlander signed it. Nice catch. Freeman, a pitcher on high school team uh, that won 3A state title this month, idolizes Verlander. Um, if you missed this, he caught the ball in the Crawford boxes, and then the Astros PR came over to him and started negotiating with him, and we uh, figured out what Ryland got. So Ryland got six tickets to an Astros game, six batting practice uh, vouchers as well, so him and five other friends can go watch batting practice live on the field, and a signed Jose Altuve ball, and he goes out, and Buster only talks about him, and he says that, oh, I wanted a Justin Verlander jersey that was signed, and they said no, and then I want a Yuli Gurriel ball and uh, signed, and they said no. Uh, so the question to you, Herb, is A, how cheap are the Astros, and B, what would you ask if you caught a first career home run? Very cheap, and then secondly... There's multiple things if I caught a first career home run. Firstly, I'm keeping it because that'll be the first ball I've ever caught at a Major <laughs> League Baseball game. Everybody around me, give it to a kid. Give it. Why? Why? That kid has a, his whole life to catch a goddamn ball. No one gave her, little Herbie Lawrence a goddamn ball, so I'm taking it out on your kid. Sorry. Um, but, yes, and I would be aware and cognizant that this person just hit his first home run. So I'm like, I'm waiting for White Sox or if we're in San Francisco – the first home run by whoever player is hit there, I'm going to sit there and chill out, wait until they come to me. And I'm going to think about what I want. And mostly it's just going to be, what are your fi- – and if I'm in San Francisco, I'm away, I'm away game, so I, I can't ask for tickets because right. I'm not there. I would say, hey, how about you give me uh, a signed bat by the most popular player on the team, give me a signed jersey by another person, and then also upgrade my seats from where I am right now to your whatever your equivalent of the scout your seats finest are. seats. The scout seats are at the uh, guaranteed rate or the guaranteed rate club. Can I get that upgrade? They say no. Cool. I got a baseball. I'm keeping that goddamn baseball. There's no thing that I'm asking that is out of pocket. If I'm asking for, you know, ownership of the club, yeah, you can say no to that. But if I'm asking for anything less than give me, give me actual cash, where you have an abundance of jerseys, people to sign them, and seats that are available for me to go, I'm keeping that goddamn ball. That leverage is mine. It's my leverage. So if you don't want to give me those things, cool. That is your prerogative. I will keep the ball and walk out of San Francisco or Houston in this case. Justin Berlander just literally pitched uh, yesterday. So he's got four days off. That, yeah. that guy's doing nothing. A, he's, he's, he's got days off. He could take that shitty jersey he used yesterday versus the White Sox and <laughs> sign the kid. I hope that was it. You don't want that jersey ever to be on his back again. He's like, that's the day the White Sox killed me. And hopefully for Justin Verlander, he doesn't go like Garrett Cole did after the White Sox beat him in 2019 where Garrett Cole got lit up by the White Sox. I think he gave up seven earned runs. And then Garrett Cole, from then on until the Mm -hmm. World Series, pitched out of his fucking mind and got a big-ass contract. So... I hope Verlander continues to struggle. I would. I, mean, I don't like hate the guy. He's, he's all right. He's, he's fine. Right. His brother's excellent. He had me on the show one time. Ben, thank you. Shout out. Shout out. But man. I don't want to see the Astros do well. So Verlander's part of that. So thumbs down. Yeah, I uh, I would uh, I would have asked for a date with Southpaw. Is this is what I tweeted out? Date with Southpaw. Tour of all the secret tunnels at Guaranteed Rate Field because I want to see that stuff. Like you know how they got Michael J- uh, Jordan out of the. Uh, uh, out of the, the guaranteed rate field uh, when he uh, threw out that first pitch before he announced his retirement. Yeah. They took him through that secret tunnel, got him on 94, and got him the hell out of there. Uh, a baseball signed by Shelly Duncan just because his analytic gold. Uh, and nine bags of peanuts. I think that's a, a fair, fair trade. Nine. 
mm. nine bags. Um, a lot of people saying fire Tony or <laughs> bring back Ozzy. Right, keep it. And that's what I'd want. Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, Zach Hampel, who is uh, known for catching Ugh. home run balls. Uh, yeah, no, no, I hate that guy. That guy's terrible. A lot, a lot of bad guys. He caught Mike Trout's first one. Yeah, he catches a lot of them because he keeps them going to parks and pushing over kids, and he knows how to catch balls because he's been doing this forever. So he has the the wherewithal, the understanding of how balls come off of people's bats and where it's going to land. Yeah, he's a jerk. You know what he asked for? What did he ask for? He asked to hand deliver it to Mike Trout, and that's, that's what he did. Yeah, I think he got a picture with Mike Trout and I mean, uh, gave him the ball. For that, he can be a little bit better. I mean, he can be seen as a better guy than I because if I caught Mike Trout's ball. No, he's a piece of shit, Herb. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I, oh, my God. There will be no. Mint like, words, knowing, Steven, talk Knowing shit, that what Mike Trout would have been, man, I would be like, yeah, give me everything. Yeah, give me, give me signed ball. Give me that signed bat. Yeah, and I'm going to frame it. Yeah, and I'm going to give me a card, a rookie card of Mike Trout so I can get that signed. Family you know, got a nice house. You know, take the D. I don't know if NFTs are still a thing. That was a real quick flash Ooh, in the pan yeah, and no. then went, went away in a real quick second. Oh, it's he like, is weird. Yeah, I mean, Hample isn't a bad guy. Weird, but gives a lot to kids. Like, hey, I mean, overall, he I don't lot. think he's he's a bad guy. I think it's, that people just think he's a weirdo. I put Zach Hample and the Marlins man in the same category. Yeah, I would say I and I would say Hample's a little bit more relatable than Marlins man because yeah. Marlins man just spending a ton of money to sit behind home plate every game, and wearing his hat say? like this sideways, <laughs> and wearing his Marlins jersey. At Marlins ain't playing. And then he went to the like the meeting with Derek Jeter when he first was the owner. Now he's not, and he's like, "You know who I am?" And Derek's like, "Yeah, no. I guess whatever." Do you know who I am? I'm Derek Jeter. Here's Marlins <laughs> man. The guy's just a showboat. He was like, "Look at me." Every time I see him at the at the game, he always has to be right behind home plate. He always has to say, "I am Marlins man." Blah blah blah. He takes kids to games. Great. He could do that in a suit and tie. He could do that in a, a damn regular-ass shirt. But he has to be, I'm Marlins, man. See me in this bright-ass orange jersey. Always. Baloney's going Hample over Eminem guys and Eminem guy over uh, Marlins, man. Uh, I would agree with that ranking. I met George Jacobs, who was the Eminem's guy. He owns Windy City Limousine. He's a good guy. He's an all right guy? Yeah, I mean, Probably I wouldn't wear that, that jacket. Eminem jacket. It's, I've seen him up in Detroit. We went on a road trip like a couple years ago. Wearing that same M&M jacket, and it was 95 degrees. That guy can't sweat. 95. He's got to have some disorder where he cannot sweat. I was There's like, no nope. way. That thing just doesn't reek. Yeah. I mean, maybe he has like 20 of them. Probably, but they all probably stink. I they mean, probably all he, reek. He owns he owns Windy City limos. He can go and get them dry cleaned after the game. I, I Every guess. time. <laughs> he probably owns the dry Every cleaner, too. Um, all right. Uh, we got three more things to get to uh, before we wrap this show up. Uh, we got Guess That Batter. We got a Steve Stone tweet. And we got uh, some AJ Pollock stuff. Let's go uh, worst to best. Let's start off with the Steve Stone tweet. Uh, and that is no uh, bash to Steve Stone here. But after Michael Kopech was taken out, uh, Steven Nicholas, was uh, our producer, was offended. Just just offended Pissed. that Michael Kopech was punching the wall. And It looked like a phone or something he punched. It was something on the wall. That's his pitching hand. It's That's pitching literally hand. It's the yeah, moneymaker. I, I didn't see it initially, and then you were like, he just punched something. I was like, was it with his pitching hand? And Steven's like, yes. I was like, That's dumb. <laughs> and Steve Stone agrees. One thing you learn as a young pitcher, you make your living with your arm and your hand. I don't care how mad or frustrated you are. You never, I repeat, you never hit anything with your pitching hand. It's beyond stupid. Uh, Stoney was uh, not working today. Uh, he was just watching the game and tweeting, uh, and, and, and that was a, a good one. I mean, hey, he's right about that. He's 100% right on that. I mean, we learned that from Bull Durham. Mm-hmm. Always. What did you throw that pitch with? What did you throw that punch with? Did you throw it your right or left? Threw with the right. Oh, don't do that. You always throw with your stupid. left. It's like, yeah, that is your moneymaker. Do not mess with it. I don't care how frustrated you are. We learn from different pitchers. Do not, do not mess with your pitching hand. That is sacred. And I mentioned after that happened, we saw, uh, I'm, I'm drawing blank on his name right now, uh, Carlos Quentin. We saw him lose an MVP on the same similar kind of thing where he punched his own bat and broke his wrist. Yep. You just never know. It's just not worth it. That was in 2008 season. We could have went far. 
Um, I believe, right? Yeah. Monica's asking, didn't Michael hurt his hand like this in the minors? Uh, he did fracture his hand in altercation with the teammate when Got he a was fight, yeah. uh, a Red Sox. Uh, was disappointed after fight. Prospect uh, was diagnosed with a broken hand after getting in a fight with teammate. Kopech, 19, had a cast on his right throwing hand Tuesday at Boston's Jet Blue Park in Fort Myers, Florida. According to WEEI, he was in an altercation with a teammate recently. Uh, so, yikes. Yeah, he's done this before. Uh, I, I mean, Kopech obviously has shown some frustration, too. We saw it after the Cubs game. Uh, we saw it after this game. Just got to be smart when you are frustrated. I mean, at least do a Carlos Zambrano and take a bat to, like, a, a, a you know a Gatorade bucket. I don't know, like, what you do, but you have to find a way, and Michael has been doing and working on himself, find a way to channel that anger. It's fine to be angry. It is actually, I like anger. I like anger that you didn't get to where you wanted to right. go. But you have to find a way to channel that somewhere else. Use your offhand. Go and find a bat and just go and go to town. Grab some glasses so your eyes don't get affected. And go to town and with your left hand against the wall. Jackie Robinson style in 42. <laughs> just go to go to work on it. I still got to watch that one. That's on Netflix now. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, some other stuff. He we wins got, at the end. He does? Oh. I'm sorry I spoiled it. Does, does just Jackie Robinson end up playing in the major leagues? Yes. Oh, wow. I'm, he wins at the end. That's a movie. <laughs> Uh, let's go to uh, AJ Pollock's stats here uh, before we end with guess that batter. Uh, we won the it's trade. AJ Pollock. Oh. <laughs> AJ Pollock since uh, May 29th, batting 349, 366, 507 is his slugging. Uh, four doubles, Ooh. one triple, two home runs, oh. 11 runs, 11 RBIs, and he's got a weighted runs created plus of uh, 150 plus, I think, uh, since May 29th. Craig Kimbrell in a game against the Guardians today blew a save, so uh, AJ Pollock's been a nice deal for uh, Rick Hahn. And I know, I was thinking it was Molly Knight that said, mm -hmm. you know, AJ Pollock's going to be really terrible his first month of playing with you. White Sox fans are going to be really pissed off. And then in May or June, he's going to go like 29 for 30, and White Sox fans are going to be naming dogs after him. It's getting there. It's getting there. Molly Knight with the, the prescient tweet there. I love him. The guy can hit fastballs and do damage against fastballs. We saw that versus Araldis Chapman. We saw that in today's game where he had mm -hmm. three balls really, really hard. And the ball that he hit the hardest was the ball that was caught in the right center field. So, Go figure. A.J. Pollock is awesome. He went two for three today with a walk, and like Herb said, he hit the hell out of the ball that uh, was an out. Uh, it would have been out in two of 30 home run, or uh, two of 30 MLB ballparks, uh, but like you said, Herb, uh, it was to the deep part of the field. If he pulled it down the line, that would have probably hit oh, the train. It would have knocked the train over. <laughs> but 101 off the bat, a 26-degree uh, launch angel uh, angle and a projected distance of 388 feet. And I think the, the, the fence out there is 390 feet. So he literally just missed a home run, and that would have tied up the game uh, if, we're, if we're thinking about it. So uh, real close there from A.J. Pollock, but he's been fantastic. Batting down fifth, uh, too. So, you know, I, maybe we see him slide up a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll see with T.A. coming back. And I said to Stephen before the show happened is that they moved Mendick up from yesterday. From uh, Friday, it was A.J. leading off, and then Mendick's mm -hmm. uh, led off these last two times. I think it's kind of getting AJ both ready for his new role that's going to be fifth and Tim just sliding back in. The shortstop has batted uh, as the leadoff guy the last two games, so you just plug Tim in there. You keep all the rest of the people in their spot. You tell AJ, hey, man, this is where you're going to be batting, fifth in the lineup from now on or from the near future and get used to it, and it looked like he has. Uh, didn't really get any hits yesterday, I believe, but today with the two for three and the walk, Looked great. Matthew Cortese saying Pollock the Poodle. Uh, so there you go. Uh, someone take it before Matthew Cortese does. All right, let's go to Guess That Batter, Herb. It's our first rendition of Guess That Batter. Uh, we're guessing home splits and away splits. At okay. home, this White Sox hitter hits 368, okay. gets on base 432, nice. uh, slugs 737, okay. has a walk to K ratio of point. 36 uh so a little bit you know kind of close to you know about for every two strikeouts he gets a, a walk and a way to runs clearly plus of 224 away though this batter hits 223 gets on base 259 or uh, 
uh, how do you say that? 259 uh, on base percentage of 259 uh, slugging percentage of 388 a walk to K ratio of 0.12 and a way to run credit plus of 85 Herb guess that batter I'm gonna go with my guy barista and say it's Tim Anderson <coughs> all right then I'll go back down <coughs> how many more I get uh, three I get three more or yeah. just three total well three total okay uh, then I'm gonna go Andrew Vaughn all right, then I I got to look at... Chat has not said it yet. All right, my final answer. I think I jinxed myself. I'm going to go with Luis Robert. Fudge! Baloney gets it, and Edgar gets it. Shout out to Alex Rude for sharing these stats with me. But Jake Berger is your batter. Not good. Again, at home, a weighted runs created plus of 224 Away, a way to run credit plus of 85. Just uh, loves his home bed. He, he loves home, home base, but uh, is that concerning? I mean, it's always so weird when baseball works out like that. Like, why is he that good at guaranteed rate field? I don't know. Like, the only thing that is really different, you're sleeping at home. Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't like different hotel beds. I know a couple of years ago that Anthony Rizzo said that he hurt his back on a Cincinnati hotel bed bed oh yeah so he's you know it exasperated already back problem that he had so in these hotels you probably can't get the correct amount of sleep you're doing different things uh that's the only thing i could figure because yeah guarantee rates a decent home run hitting park and a good hitting park but it's not not like the that. best. It's, it's just like a middle of the road home run or a hitting park right now. I think right, especially for right handers. Yeah, mean, it's, it's not a, a significant advantage. Left handers hit better uh, at guaranteed rate field uh, than, than right handers. He did the baby reveal at home. I don't know if he taped it before they went to Detroit or then the off day after they played in Detroit. They just flew back to Chicago because that's when the video came out, either on Wednesday or Thursday. So they did it in guaranteed rate, an empty guaranteed rate at that. So um, I. Do not know why other than him just sleeping at home is the reason. Do you I have no get, idea. venture a guess why he would be that woeful on the road? He's like I, a I champion at home. Yeah, seriously. I mean, like. Don't. I, well, let's do this. Never play him on the road. There you go. The, we already do platoons with righty left. <laughs> you just play. You're not even going on the road trip. We're not even going to be tempted to put you on the road trip. Hey, Jake, man, we're leaving. Use all his I options. I hope you will enjoy being at home. Yeah. <laughs> Just stay your punk ass here. We'll see you when we get back. I mean, this is a billion-dollar organization. We can't get Jake Berger flying with a pe- – uh, 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 what's it called? The PD- uh, what's the nice bed? I was going to say PD. Tempur-Pedic. Tempur-Pedic. Thank you. Uh, why don't – you got a Tempur-Pedic? Oh, it's a game-changer. Look at you, baller. Yeah. Real nice? It is. What's your sleep number? Uh, mine isn't the sleep number. Oh, it's not the sleep number bed. Is it's it the, a, is it's it a different? Yeah, there's two different beds. Oh, my God. Two competing beds. But, yes, I – have had life-changing sleep. We got a different bed from Mattress uh, Giant or whatever it's called. The American Mattress, Mattress Giant, Mattress Firm. And it's great. And when we go on the road, yeah, hotel beds are great. But I find hotel beds to be too soft for me. Really? They're always like just like I like them that firm. I like a, a bed that just like catches you. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, stay right there. Say your punk ass right there. I don't, when you're sinking you into the bed, you're like, oh, God, my back. And you wake up, your back is hurt. Remember, we went to Phoenix. We were there for a good three to four days. I remember every day my back was stiff. I was like, fuck, this hurts. I'm not about this. Well, I just stayed young. All right, that's what you guys should do. I don't <laughs> complain about back issues and and, and 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 you know hard beds. I like soft beds. What? I uh, my saw back you trying cr- to crack your my back. My back on the couch won't crack. It's not really back pain. I can't yeah. like I can move my back without like being like ah oh, my back. Mm. Like I've never woken up being like ah oh, you know like oh you gotta. Do you, you have know, a new bed? No, you have I mean, a bed that's it's like ten you? years old. I think. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah you need to get, you need to get a better bed. No, it's fine. My grandma got me that bed. Don't worry. Uh, Jack says, Sean, would you take this hypothetical? Sox win AL Central, lose in the first round. I have accepted reality, Jack. That is what will happen. Uh, they will win the AL Central and they will lose in the first round. Uh, that's just my thoughts. I think that you know at this point in the season, I. Don't think that they're good enough to win the World Series. I don't think that they're good enough to win a first-round matchup versus the Astros, Yankees, Red Sox, any of these actual, like, truly put-together, well-put-together teams. But can they beat up on the AL Central? Absolutely. I think that they will win the AL Central, and they will lose in the first round. I agree. Would you accept that? No, I wouldn't accept it, no. 
I would be really pissed if that happened. I believe the hypothetical. That, yeah, I, I, I would. That I would will be. Happen, a, yes. I would be annoyed with and, the hypothetical. And once that happens, I'm going to be pissed, yelling at people like, because this is the third time we're out in the first round. Like, I don't care about this. This is this is the sameness. Right. You the, haven't done, and it would further prove the point that what we did in this offseason wasn't good enough. Nope. And that we wouldn't have even, like, going into the next season, I wouldn't have faith in Rick Hahn or anybody else to improve this team. Well, and two, if they do that, if they win the AL Central and lose in the first round, that's exactly what happened last year. So, you know, something's got to change. And that's either got to be the manager, that's got to be the general manager, that's got to be a lot of players, and it's easier to change the manager and the general manager. But they're not so. going anywhere. I, mm. Unless they want to go if, somewhere. If they want to be here, they're staying here. They're I th- firing Rick Hahn. I think if the Sox win the AL Central and they lose in the first round, I think Rick might be fired. He's I, not getting fired. I think it, he might be. He's never I, getting fired. This is, like, you, you, I, need, you, need, to, you need to improve. The, You're not improving. Jerry Reinsdorf has not fired a general manager since, I think, Larry Himes. And that was in the 90s. And that man selected Frank Thomas. He selected Ron Ventura. I think he selected Alex Fernandez and Jack McDowell. I think four straight drafts, those four were selected. They got fired. Ron Schuler was put in. Ron Schuler was the GM until 2000 when they won the playoffs. Then Kenny Williams was the GM until 2012. And now it's it's Rick Hahn since 2013. He stepped down, though. But huh. it's it's all stepping down, like Ooh. well, uh, Schuler. Schuler just retired. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it says yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, and there's nobody getting fired here. There's not going to be a person that's getting fired. Rick Hahn is definitely not getting fired. Hey, maybe uh, Kenny Williams leaves the uh, organization this year uh, after after this offseason. Uh, he leaves the organization. That won't they, do anything. They bump no. They bump Rick up to Kenny's job. Oh, and then Jeremy <laughs> Haber takes over. Yeah, there that would be their that would be their next move. And the cycle continues. And I saw Welcome somebody in, White the, Sox in the pregame and the Teflon Han lives on. It's like, well, I think the Kenny picked up that guy. And oh, all Jesus. the bad moves are Kenny's fault, and all the good moves. Rick Han's been Rick GM Han's. for ten years. Yeah, he's been. <laughs> He's been pretty mediocre the whole time. Yeah, he has. He's been bad. Uh, all right, that's this, this offseason was really mediocre. I I don't even. Yeah. Hey, how, uh, someone go look up Kyle Schwarber's stats. Go tell me how many home runs he's hit. Tell me if that would help out the White how Sox. About Jock Peterson. Yeah, I, I, Kyle Schwarber's got more home runs. Go Phillies. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him <laughs> on Twitter P. at HeckerWall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. I agree with Edgar. Sean and Herb for GM. Uh, it sounds like we could put together a winning ball club. Uh, we won't have Tony as the manager, but that'll do it uh, for the CHGO White Sox. Post-game show, we will be back tomorrow, 6.30 pre-game. Uh, it will be me and Herb in the studio. Vinny will be out at the G-Rite. It is the Toronto Blue Jays coming to town versus the Chicago White Sox. It will be uh, Lance Lynn tomorrow versus Jose Berrios, and we will preview that game for you tomorrow. And we'll have three straight pre- and post-games for you. Uh, actually, two games. Two straight uh, straight pre- and post-games for you on Monday and Tuesday because on Wednesday, we got the tailgate uh, happening on June 22nd at 1130 a.m. in Lot B. Again, go to allchgo.com and check out the Eventbrite URL to get your tickets for the official CHGO tailgate I think in Lot B. Like, we're stopping selling tickets tomorrow, so get Ooh. yours now. And get I, did, yours. I did add the link in the description of the show, so if you're watching on YouTube, just look down a little bit. You'll find the link right there. You can get your tickets through there. Hit the like button too boom and hit the like button and subscribe uh that's gonna do it for the chgo white Sox post game show we will see you tomorrow when the white Sox take on the toronto blue jays thank you everybody for watching and participating in our live show and watching after the fact whether you are enjoying your monday driving to work or enjoying your late sunday night we appreciate for herb lawrence i'm sean anderson thank you to fleetwood mac for their 1979 album tusk and we will talk to you tomorrow go white Sox.